Now what I want to do is to transition and come back and take a tighter look at what's going on in Judea. And for that, we're going to the next uh, set of slides. Now, when Herod the Great, we're, we've rotated back now to the period of Augustus. When Herod the Great died, he left, he, yes, Rob? Uh, just, it seems that uh, in the Gospels, during the execution of Jesus, the Pharisees seem to be appealing to, to, to the high priest and, and that political structure. Um, but then on the other hand, one of their main critiques of Jesus seems to be that he's associating with tax collectors who are complicit with the Romans, etc. So I'm confused as to why they would participate in that structure and how they would really look at the high priest if in fact the high priest is a You need to remember that the Pharisees are kind of along for the ride, that the Sadducees are in control, Sadducees have embraced what's going on with Rome. The Pharisees would prefer for the Romans not to be present in the land. But they have not opted like the Essenes have to go out into the desert and wait for something to happen. They have opted rather to stay engaged and in staying engaged to cooperate to the extent possible but try and encourage the people to be faithful to God on the, on the other hand. So the Pharisees are a little bit in political tension in terms of the way they're relating to the Roman government. Um, they would be somewhat ambivalent about the high priest in the sense that they, they would view the high priest as perhaps being a little too complicit and compromising with reference to Roman presence and Roman rule. Now the reason they band together with respect to Jesus is because both groups sense that what Jesus is doing represents a challenge to either of their approaches to Judaism. Okay, so they, so they come together on that basis. But the challenge that they take, what they do is they take a religious charge and a religious objection that they have to Jesus because of the nature of his ministry, the way he's challenging the law, the way he's challenging the traditions, that kind of thing. And they turn that into a political charge for Pilate. Pilate would not give one rip about the religious disputes that exist between Jesus, the Sadducees, and the Pharisees. If it's a religious dispute, he would say, as long as you... As long as it isn't disruptive to the public peace, I don't care. You sort it out. But the moment it becomes, uh, it becomes cast in terms of this person is claiming to be a king and a king whom you didn't appoint, that's Pilate's business. Okay? All right. Herod the Great has three sons. Uh, Archelaus is one of them. And uh, Archelaus was given the role of ethnarch. He was not very popular. And uh, in fact, the Jews attempted, before he was appointed ethnarch, according to the will that Herod the Great left, uh, tried to keep him from being appointed as king. And this is one of the reasons he was simply called an ethnarch. It was kind of a demotion to kind of put him on alert. The impression was is that he wasn't a very... Uh, uh, that he wasn't likely to be a very friendly uh, ruler, and so they were nervous about him having the power. Um, he was very unpopular, but he did have responsibility for Judea, Samaria, and Idumea. This is the king 
that Joseph fears. And so when Jesus and Mary come back from Egypt after Jesus is born, rather than going into Judea, they move north into Galilee, which puts them outside of Archelaus' rule. Uh, The instincts that the Jewish uh, community had about Archelaus were basically correct. And by uh, A.D. 6, Archelaus is um, replaced with the suggestion that he go on a permanent vacation in France, okay? This is the Roman way of banishing someone and taking care of someone. I say, go and live in exile somewhere, uh, you know, and uh, enjoy your bonbons and chocolate. I don't think it was quite that cool, but anyway. uh, And so he's banished to France, and the area becomes a Roman imperial province ruled by a prefect, with the capital in Caesarea Maritima. Well, uh, we, we showed you pictures of that earlier on. But with a strong presence in Jerusalem and the uh, beginning of the formal development of a census, uh, this numbering had probably already begun to take place, but now it was being a seriously, more seriously implemented. In AD 6, something that was very unpopular with the Jews because it was a reminder of the fact that Rome had power. Meanwhile, in the, to the north and the east of the Sea of Galilee, Herod Philip is in charge. And you can see that his, uh, his status as a ruler was much more stable. He went from 4 BC to AD 34, uh, right smack into the period of Jesus' uh, crucifixion. And uh, this is a largely Gentile area that includes Caesarea Philippi, where Peter makes his famous confession of Jesus being the Christ. And his death leads to rule being given to Herod Agrippa I. Now, here's a map of ancient uh, Israel. And just to show you kind of where we've been and some of the areas we've been talking about, remember we told you that the the Herodian family came out of Idumea. Idumea is located in what is the southern part of Israel today, uh, just to the west of the Dead Sea. Qumran, the Essene community that we've talked about, is right here, uh, kind of 11 o'clock, if you want to think of the Dead Sea as a clock, okay? About 11 o'clock on the Dead Sea, maybe 11.15. Jerusalem is right here in the middle. Caesarea Philippi is, uh, well, it's not quite on the map. It's um, to the north of the Sea of Galilee. The Decapolis, the region of ten Gentile cities, is just to the south of the Sea of Galilee. You can see that Tiberias, Capernaum, and Nazareth are all in the Sea of Galilee area. To the north of all this, um, on the coast, are Tyre and Sidon. Caesarea Maritima, Caesarea by the sea is located in the, in the middle of the plain of Sharon, or the valley of Sharon, on the coast. So those are some of the major uh, sites uh, that exist between, uh, uh, in the first century. Um, Perea, the Perea area is where traditionally John the Baptist is said to have performed his baptisms. Um, Arimathea, you can see, is kind of north and slightly uh, west of Jerusalem. 
uh, Joseph of Arimathea is from. Modin, which is not on this map, if you drew a line from Jerusalem to Joppa, about right midway on that line would be where Modin is. That's where the Maccabean War started. Oh, uh, let's see. Masada, which is where the Jewish revolt was finally completely quelled as the last Jews were defeated in AD 73, is located at about 9 o'clock on our Dead Sea uh, clock. And uh, that's probably most of the key sites. Uh, Herodium, the other Herodian te uh, palace, is located right here, just, just slightly um, south and east of Bethlehem, which itself is only a few miles south of Jerusalem. There isn't a scale on here, but uh, the, the, the size of the country, oh, there it is, uh, the size of the country, Bethlehem is about four miles south of Jerusalem. The size of this country is not large. It's uh, about 80 miles wide at its, at its widest and about 130 miles long. Uh, and so everything is very crammed in in terms of size and space. This is a picture of Caesarea Philippi. And uh, again, this is a little washed out because of the lighting. I can't mess with the lighting because they're filming this. But anyway, um, in, these, in this, this is a huge cliff that just runs up the side. And uh, here's a grotto area. Everything that you're seeing here became, some of it after the time of Jesus, in fact, a lot of it formally after the time of Jesus, became the location for a variety of pagan temples. The temple of Augustus in Caesarea Philippi is located over here. It's not in the picture, in the corner. If you turn this corner around this grotto right here, there is a temple to Augustus. There was a temple erected to Augustus that would have been there in the time period, again, when Peter was confessing that Jesus was the Christ. And it's interesting that the confession of uh, Peter takes place in a site that is literally loaded with pagan worship. This was the most... Uh, how I say it, the most concentrated location for pagan worship in the, in the area of the land of Israel. Um, you can't tell, tell this really closely, but that's Mike Buer. Now, we have one son left, Herod Antipas. Herod Antipas also ruled for quite a long period of time, from 4 B.C. to A.D. 39. He is the Tetrarch of Galilee and Perea. So that is the region where Jesus ministered, along with the area of the Jordan Valley that was over here between the Sea of Galilee and uh, the Dead Sea. Uh, this was Jesus' home territory, and Tiberias was the capital. So we come back to the map. Here's Perea right down here. Uh, the Decapolis to the north. The Sea of Galilee and Tiberias. If you think of the Sea of Galilee as a clock, it's located at about 9 o'clock on the clock. And again, you can see many of the locations that you're familiar with. Magdala, which is where uh, the name Magdalene, Mary Magdalene comes from, is located off the Sea of Galilee. Capernaum at about 11 o'clock on the Sea of Galilee. Bethsaida at about 12.30 on the Sea of Galilee, and Gennesaret 
uh, off the Sea of Galilee slightly at about 3 o'clock. So um, you can see that Nain is further off to the south. That's a, still a real small community today. Um, there's a church on the traditional site of the raising of the widow of Nain's son. Uh, and Cana is just to the north, slightly to the north and east of Nazareth, uh, off some from the Sea of Galilee. And you're only, again, the Sea of Galilee is only about 30 or so miles from the coast if you come west. Herod Antipas is responsible for the death of John the Baptist, who complained about the immorality of his marriage to Herodias. Uh, Herodias left her first husband in order to marry Herod Antipas in a kind of political wedding. And uh, when John the Baptist complained about this, eventually Herod Antipas slew John the Baptist. By the way, this is something we know not only from the New Testament, but it's also an event that is described by Josephus in Antiquities Book 18. You get the sense that the Book of Antiquities that Josephus wrote is important for understanding of the history of, of Judea. Uh, you have gotten the right impression. If we did not have Josephus' Antiquities Book 18, we would know far, far less about what's going on in this period uh, than we do. This is the Herod who is responsible for interrogating Jesus according to Luke 23. Uh, and uh, Luke is the only one who mentions this part of the interrogation. Pilate initially sends Jesus to Herod because Herod is the Jewish expert in the Roman court, uh, being half Jewish himself. And so uh, Pilate wants to consult with Herod about what's going on here. Uh, the the history is, is that Herod and Pilate had a little bit of a rough relationship for a time, and then it smoothed out. Uh, and some people think it was Pilate's willingness uh, to consult Herod about this particular incident that may be part of the smoothing out because that communicated a level of respect for Herod. Um, Herod Antipas also is told to take a long vacation in a faraway place, France, uh, in AD 39. Apparently, you know, France is the, uh, what did I say, a place du jour for failed rulers. And uh, so uh, he's banished to France in AD 39 when his brother-in-law, Herod Agrippa, accuses him of being an unfaithful ruler before Caligula, and Caligula's kind of a nervous sort. So, uh, so Caligula says, go and take a vacation in a long, unreachable place where there is no internet. <laughs> Here's what Josephus has to say about uh, John the Baptist. Now, some of the Jews thought that the destruction of Herod's army came from God, and that very justly, as a punishment of what he did against John, that was called the Baptist, for Herod slew him, who was a good man and commended the Jews to exercise virtue. Um, let me do some translating for you. Whenever uh, someone was moral in Roman culture, philosophically, that was said to involve discussion of the virtues, virtues being the good traits, vices being the evil ones. And so virtue was the way to talk about ethics in the Roman world. Uh, what we would consider to be 
uh, walking with God, being moral in our walk with God, the Romans would call virtue. And so Josephus has translated that into language that the Romans would recognize. So he commanded, uh, commanded the Jews to exercise virtue both as to righteousness towards one another and piety towards God, a kind of expression of what we would recognize as kind of uh, the great commandment, love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, love your neighbors, yourself, very similar kind of thing laid out here as Josephus describes the ministry of John the Baptist. Uh, and so to come to baptism. For that washing with water would be acceptable to him if they made use of it, not in order to put away or the remission of some sins only, but for the purification of the body, supposing still that the soul was thoroughly purified beforehand by righteousness. Now one thing that Josephus doesn't mention about John the Baptist is his eschatological call, his call to covenantal faithfulness. And the reason he doesn't do this is because Josephus doesn't like Jewish movements that invoke, how I say this, God to remove or deal with the Gentile presence in the land. Why isn't he going to write about that to Romans? Okay, yeah, I get that. Mm -hmm. Because he's catering the Romans. Exactly. He's catering their favor for his survival. Exactly right. He's catering his, their favor for his survival. So he blames the zealots, those who sought to do this kind of thing, for the trouble in Rome, and he said, not all Jews are like the zealots. So anyone who had a kind of eschatological touch to their ministry, that, that God was in the process of delivering his people from the pagan Gentiles, you know, that part of what they represent is going to be played down by Josephus in what he writes. And that's the case with John the Baptist. Goes on to say, now when many others came in crowds about him, for they were greatly moved or pleased by hearing his words, Herod, Herod, who feared lest the great influence John had over the people might put it into his power and inclination to raise a rebellion, for they seemed ready to do anything he should advise, thought it best by putting him to death to prevent any mischief he might cause <clears throat> and to not bring himself into difficulties by sparing a man who might make him repent of it when it should be too late. You can see the moral element here in the issue of repentance associated with John. Accordingly, he was sent a prisoner out of Herod's suspicious temper to Machaerus. This is one of the uh, palace areas where, um, where jails were located in Herod's uh, area. The castle I before mentioned and was there put to death. Now the Jews had an opinion that the destruction of this army was sent as punishment upon Herod and a mark of God's displeasure against him. 